The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. I am Emily Swallow, also known as the Armorer on The Mandalorian. And I'm just giving a little shout out to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast because this is the way. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 145. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hi everyone, I'm Angela Ciolana, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away. From movies to books to TV shows and more, we are looking at the deeper themes and meanings found in Star Wars. So if you like to explore, you are in the right place. Today we are... Diving into uh, The Bad Batch, Season 2, Episode 4, entitled Faster. Joining me today are Leadfoot Mama, Catherine Laffrey. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and insert racer name here, Ryan Napsiger. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> yes, if you want to submit a racer name for Ryan, please email us, star, uh, at sqpn.com. All right, everyone. So. <laughs> Um, so regular listeners to the show will know that we have a recurring segment called Ham Solo, where we mention any Star Wars happenings in our daily life. And our co-host Mike Creevy this week shares that he stopped by his local deli and showed us a picture of his order ticket for some hickory smoked turkey meat. <laughs> and the ticket reads this order prepared for tech. And so Mike said that he just had to give a shout out to his new favorite pod racer. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. I loved it. Tech, is that it? Really? Just tech? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, before we get into this episode, however, uh, something else big happened for Star Wars fans since the recording of last week's podcast. And that was the release of the trailer for The Mandalorian Season 3. So we want to respect all those of you out there who want to avoid spoilers from trailers. So we're just going to talk about our impressions, our expectations, our hopes for Season 3. So um, Ryan, we'll start with you. What are you hoping to see from this next season of The Mandalorian? Well, um... I'm hoping to see a little bit of a crossover between the Mandalorian. Uh, I want to see some Rebels uh, crossover. Mm. I would love to see uh, live action Sabine. Um, And also something that I've been hoping for for a long time is I hope that the Mandalorian integrates some of the uh, characters we've seen in the sequel trilogy because we have a whole cast of We have a whole cast of actors from the sequel trilogy that are very talented and very fun. And while we can't see, you know, them as they appeared in the sequel trilogy, maybe we'll see a young Ben Solo or maybe we'll see. I don't know. 
um uh what's his name uh snoke walking around i don't know uh <laughs> snoke walking around is unlikely but uh i'd love to see a little bit of uh sort of a transitionary sort of uh series into a little yeah. bit more engagement with the new trilogy cool how about you Catherine? I'd definitely love to see what's going to happen next with the whole cloning tidbits they threw at us. Oh, yeah. With Grogu in the first. It's like, I need more on that storyline. And I'm just excited to see Mandalore again. I would oh, just to see all of them and their different colors and outfits. And yeah, it'll be exciting. And oh, please cross over with Rebels. Anything and everything. <laughs> <laughs> We know you love it. Yeah. Um, I well, I think I'm looking forward to learning more about the like the identity of the Mandalorians. What does it mean to be a Mandalorian? Um, all the traditions and the lore and the mythology of their culture. Um, and honestly, the music is good enough reason to watch the show for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I like the show a lot. But the music itself is just phenomenal. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yes, that was kind of our little preview and, uh, no spoilers there. So as, uh, Mike Creevy explained a couple of weeks ago, when the Mandalorian season three begins on March 1st, 2023, we will be pausing our coverage of the Bad Batch to cover the Mandalorian. And then afterwards we will jump back into the adventures of Clone Force 99. So um, now, for today's main discussion, let's talk about Baster. Um, this episode on StarWars.com is simply summarized as the team enters the colorful and dangerous world of racing. <laughs> um, so I'm going to throw it to our crew now. What were your overall first impressions of this episode of The Bad Batch? Uh, Catherine, let's start with you. Well, there's some great crossovers and characters that I don't I hadn't seen before. They were, you know, um oh the big fella in there now with his little tusk sticking out of his jaw. Um uh, right away I thought of um Lilo and Stitch. Mm. <laughs> he looked like that Ganto character in Lilo and Stitch. So I just kinda <laughs> it made me chuckle at first. But yeah, it just kinda like took me back. I'll date myself. It took me back to Speed Racer days. I mean, go Speed mm-hmm. Racer. Loved watching that show. And it's kind of had that that same fun feel. <laughs> oh, yeah. How about you, Ryan? Well, um, as a episode one pod racer video game enjoyer from mm-hmm. the Nintendo 64 era, this was a really fun episode for me. I my favorite part of the whole episode was seeing the crossover between the the pod racing in episode one and how things are kind of evolving, I guess, in the star Wars racing scene, you don't necessarily have the pure racing. You have like battle racing, which was really fun. I love the riot racing with the, the random like Mad Max homages of saw blades and grabbers and blasters. That was really fun. Um, and, uh, what's the droid's name? What's his name? Teo, yes. Uh, Teo was very fun because um, he, his voice actor, of course, played Sonic in the new Sonic movies, which, of course, Teo is blue, so we know what they were trying to go. do. <laughs> so that was my initial thoughts. That's so cool. I did not even make that connection, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, definitely lots of fun comedic moments um, with 
Teo and the Speedway announcer as well. Like Safatoma Speedway is not liable for any injury, death or disintegration. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That was like Uh, right after someone got smashed, right? (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Um, But I also kind of when I was reflecting on this episode and rewatching it, I was like, Wow, this was one of those episodes where it's like deceptively simple on the surface. But then when you're looking at kind of some of the themes that they're exploring with the dialogue, I was a little bit amazed (laughs) at how um, just how well, how deep we can really reflect on this. So let's kind of dive in then. (laughs) Um, So the opening scene, I mean, this is another thing where I was like, wow, um, when I rewatched it because it was actually a foreshadowing or a hint at the themes of surprise and strategy because Omega surprises Wrecker in this game of Dejaric that they're playing. And she's like, well, now you owe me two cartons of Mantel mix. And then Wrecker's like, Oh, let's do another game, double or nothing. (laughs) And that reminded me of what happens in the episode. (laughs) Yeah. So that was, that was definitely foreshadowing. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so we learn that Hunter and Echo are out on this mission, quote unquote. Um, they're transporting 50 cases of Nerf Nuggets. Do we know what Nerf Nuggets are? I didn't look that up. <laughs> can't tell if it's food, fertilizer, or like <laughs> something else. Oh, don't forget what Leia said, you scruffy looking Nerf herder. Nerf herder, right? <laughs> so, yes, whatever the Nerf is. Some shaggy beast, probably. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyway, um, they are, that's what they're up to. And so Tech is complaining that that's not a proper mission or proper use of our skill set. And I think that's another way of kind of foreshadowing what's going on uh, later in the episode and what he's going to be talking about. But um, again, going with the theme of surprise, Sid is like, well, just get on the ship. I'm not going to tell you what's what's happening. We're just going to go. So they go to this place called Safatoma, which is apparently a very busy desert planet known for a sport that we're introduced to called ride racing. And now the name Safatoma, I actually looked it up. I don't know if you guys um, have heard about this, um, that both of those words are Arabic. Um And so Safa means clarity, and it's actually important in the Muslim faith because uh, Safa is the name of one of the holy mountains that is traveled during the pilgrimage of the Hajj. And Toma means twin, which is uh, comes from the Aramaic word where we get the name Thomas. Um, So there you go. (laughs) Um, You know, I always wonder, like, how do they come up with these names of planets and i know sometimes they can name it after someone maybe that whoever's working on the show you know knows this person but i also kind of when i was looking at those words clarity and twin i was thinking about the character of tech and what we see in this episode from him and so maybe we'll talk about that later but i just kind of that's what's on my brain (laughs) so what did you guys think about Safatoma and riot racing and kind of bringing all of this into the Bad Batch and back into like Star Wars animation. It was fun to see another type of racing, the riot racing. And um, it just so happened last night, um, my daughter and I flipped to uh, 
Ready Player One was on TV right at the race. And the whole time I'm going, wait a minute, I just saw this. You know, the little <laughs> barriers popping up out of nowhere, a secret passageway that gets you to the end. And um, even the hole in the road, it, it looked exactly like it. So I was like, oh, it's a little, it's like, it's a little homage to Ready Player One. I don't know. Yeah, so, Ryan, you, you talked about like playing a lot of video games. So I'm sure this was totally up your alley. Oh, yeah, this was really fun. Um, many many hours spent in front of the TV um, piloting all sorts of random aliens around uh, in episode one pot racing was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, I was happy to see um, the same species as the obscure um, uh, racer Clegg Holdfast from Star Wars episode one in the pod race scene, his species getting represented uh, which is the second time we've ever seen his species show up in a Star Wars movie at all. Um, uh, nerd moment aside, um, the thing that stuck, <laughs> this thing that stuck out to me the most was all the repurposed uh, droids. We saw so many of the uh, so many of the uh, just battle droids. We saw what are those guys called? Not assassin droids, but the the like elite. Uh, battle droids. I don't remember, mm-hmm, but we saw right. one of their heads, and then some C three PO body parts as well, <laughs> um, which was kind of jarring. But <laughs> yeah, we saw some really colorful and strange figures, as well as um, we saw our. I think this was the first time we've ever seen the three aliens from three different eras of Star Wars in one shot. So we had the Gamorrean mm-hmm. from the original trilogy. Um, the, the, the Clegg Holdfast species from the sequel trilogy and the main, very big alien from, uh, I believe he was in uh, Solo was when his I species so. first debuted. So we had three Aliens, all from three different eras of stars. Oh, and there was a feathered Trandoshan, which was de- debuted in Clone Wars. So there you go. You have four different eras of Star Wars, all represented wow. at the same time. Yeah, it was definitely a riot. It was a lot of amazing. It was very colorful, and I mm-hmm. loved. I think all of us as Star Wars fans, we love when there's so much mixing and mingling of the different like alien races and droids and just get all of them together and have a good time. And um, well, let's talk about Teo because we are introduced to this interesting droid that Sid is betting on. Um, (laughs) I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts are on this. uh, Can I say this guy? Because I feel like he was very human. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. He looked like something uh, American pickers would have picked up and thrown together, you know, a little motorcycle (laughs) part here, a hot rod part there and a ton of attitude. It was just, it was fun, just fun to watch and listen to him and the way he moved. And even the way his head flipped upside down when he wanted to talk to you and you're behind him. It was just, yeah, (laughs) just a fun, fun thing. I mean, you could totally like pick apart, you know, motor parts all over that guy. He was made for racing. (laughs) Reminded me of L3. Oh, yeah, from, uh, because of the Solo. sassiness. Yeah, the attitude. <laughs> L3 attitude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like maybe the word is just like overly confident. I don't know if they were going for some stereotype of like a race car driver being, you know, really, um, you know, the kind of 
person or droid in this case that would be a race car driver, you know, like a thrill seeker and someone who's super confident. And um, he immediately challenges tech, you know, asking, like, can you make this split second decisions right that are needed to win? And and that kind of goes back to my theory about the planet name um, Clarity and Twin, because like the interaction between tech and Teo kind of seemed to me like they almost switched like tech was almost more like a droid and Teo was more like a human. Did you get that vibe? <laughs> yeah. too? Oh, definitely. I felt like tech was like out whizzing the uh, supposed wizard of the <laughs> machine world there. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny where Teo was like, you have to calculations are useless. And tech is like, we have to learn the race and analyze it. And I was like, this is opposite of what we normally hear. <laughs> this is like a Han and c3po conversation but the roles are reversed (laughs) exactly yeah so um so that was really interesting it was it was like the idea of a twin like um you know that tech was almost like a droid but he really wasn't because ultimately he he makes an interesting choice so Teo, um, getting back into the story here, he gets he's getting the speeder ready for um, the next race. Of course, we see him win the first one and we meet this other intimidating character that we've been kind of talking about. Greeny Malegi, uh, whom Sid refers to as Malegi. So did you all recognize his voice right away? No, it took me a moment to figure out who that was because I kept going to <laughs> Ganto. So I was like wait, is that the same actor? But no, it's not. And then I was trying to think of all the actors I know with those deep, full bass voices. And I had to look it up. And I was like, oh, okay. He's from yeah. Ghostbusters. <laughs> right. Ernie Hudson, um, a.k.a. Winston Zedmore from the Ghostbusters films and video games and everything else, Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, so that was really neat. I don't know um, if that was like intentional, but he his voice definitely fit the um, the character. So Malegi and Sid, they seem to have this antagonistic relationship. Um, what do you two think? I mean, do you have any theories behind what went on between Malegi and Sid in the past? Um who do you think Malegi is or who was Sid in her past? Uh, what's going on here? What do you think? Well, Malegi obviously has an issue with her because he called out her full name. Right. And every every parent knows you get the full name when there's a big problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. So like, you know, there's there's definitely he's got a lot of dirt on her and, and a big, long history. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm wondering, I'm hoping all that'll come to light because now I want to know, like, what happened between them. You know, what what was Sid up to in her past? Curious how far the chain goes, because we know Sid's not the boss. We know, I mean, Leggy doesn't seem to be the kind of guy who is the boss. He seemed to be just, like, a powerful, you know, crime lord. I wonder if we're going to find that out this this season who who's the who's the big person pulling the strings at the top and how is the batch going to react to finding out who they've really been working for this entire time i mean we we've seen a whole lot of crime lords in in 
Star Wars, especially animated Star Wars. So I doubt we're going to see a Hondo at the top, but that would be hilarious. Um, oh yeah. my gosh, I just thought, what if it's little Boba Fett? little boba fett would be amazing because then we'd see (laughs) alpha and omega (laughs) that's true yeah um that's a really interesting thought i never even thought of that but you know the fact that he used her full name like you said Catherine. yeah i mean it could be that because he had some dirt on her um, it, it could have been an intimidation thing or it could have been like maybe she used to go by her full name and now she just goes by Sid because maybe she's changed. She really has changed. I want to talk about that later, too. But um, going into the story again, we see this uh, champion of Malegi Speed Venom. Great name. <laughs> yeah. Um, ruthless Racer. So. They make a bet, the Batch makes a bet again, or rather, Sid makes a, a bet against Speed Venom um, that Teo can beat him. And so Sid and our crew are watching as Teo gets apparently what's called Venom Crunched. <laughs> and um, so they're in trouble. And so to save Sid from Malegi's threats, Omega proposes a double or nothing second race. And so Sid is taken as collateral. And the crew is patching up Teo and the speeder. And this is a part where I thought was where the writers were kind of getting into a deeper uh, territory here. Because Tech starts to reflect that, well, this isn't the first time that we've had to save Sid because of her dealings with individuals of questionable integrity. <laughs> He says it's a problematic pattern. And, you know, um, this wasn't the first time that Tech expressed that can some kind of concern about where the crew is going, how they're being used, how they're being treated. We've also seen Hunter and Echo expressing their own thoughts and concerns this season about the Bad Batch's future. So... You guys, I'm wondering about what you all are thinking of this and where the writers might be hinting at or where we might be going in future episodes. Do you do you really see them breaking off from Sid in the near future? Um, what what are you guys what have you been thinking about this as we've been going along in the season? I've been wondering at some point in time they've got to break off from Sid. It just feels like it can't keep going on and on like this. It would, it just wouldn't fit them as a group, as a family, to keep just relying on her. I know they've been trying to break away, and Omega at one point in time had paid off the entire team's debt by playing the game in the bar. So you know that at some point in time it's got to break off. I'm just hoping that the break off is not some crazy, you know... <laughs> thing on Sid's part to like let them down tremendously or to try to you know sell them out in some way hopefully she would never sell out Omega because that little girl has saved Sid's butt a couple times so (laughs) yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. what I think we're probably going to see is this is my overarching theory for the whole show I think we're going to see all of the clones have to make a decision between being used for something and being their own uh, masters 
Mm. because we kind of see a comparison between crosshair kind of being a being used for whatever the empire wants to do. We have the batch kind of just being given whatever Sid needs done and they don't seem to either really like it that much. I know it's kind of hard to tell on Crosshair's part, but I think we're going to have to kind of see, we're going to see all the clones in a way kind of make a choice between who, who are they and are they going to think of themselves as just, just a tool or are they going to be, you know, masters of their own destiny? So I think that's where we're kind of going, where we're going to see, well, this is, Yet another time where the batch has kind of not had the uh, what Crosser said, uh, not had the ability to apply their military tactics to something, which is a nice way of saying we kind of can't do anything and that we're used to this time around. So I think we're going to see this is kind of the the start of the batch's relationship with Sid, maybe ending or or changing or something. Yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely a very viable theory, I would say, um, just based on all the the hints and themes and reflections that we've had so far. Um, and so we go from this garage scene to Malegi expressing actually multiple times throughout the episode that there is a different Sid that he knows from the old times, um, whom he hints, you know, isn't or wasn't loyal or trustworthy uh but Sid suggests that she's she's different now um so you know we've only seen Sid in certain situations um do you think that Sid is lying that she maybe does have some things going on in the background that are not trustworthy do you think that she has changed um you know, it all kind of centers around this question of, is it possible for a person to truly, you know, make a change in their life? And that kind of goes along, you know, with what you're saying, Ryan, about, um, you know, what the Bad Batch, what the clones in general are reflecting on, right? Like they were made for a particular purpose. They lived a certain life, but the Empire doesn't value them. So it's like, can we change our, our course, our direction? Um, so we're, we're seeing this from Sid now as well. Um, what do you guys think about Sid? First of all, I'd like to hope that there's a redemption. I mean, we have to, I mean, we're Catholic. Of course we hope there's redemption for Sid. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then not only that, but I feel like every episode we see her, there's a softening in her mm. expression. I mean, even in this episode, there are a couple simple, subtle facial expressions she made that you can tell she's definitely softening up. She sees that there's, that this group cares for her, that Omega cares for her in a way that probably she's never experienced in her past life. So, you know, hopefully she will hold on to that and not just slide in to what she was before, but just because we don't know what it was exactly, but Obviously, she knows her way around the bar. So, <laughs> I, wonder if, I hope Sid doesn't have some sort of tragic ending because that would sure be terrible. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, it just seems like there's a possibility there where she, the badge's send off from her is her some sort of great redeeming gesture, and then 
she she dies you know in a classic mm-hmm. star wars explosion because we know that's the <laughs> only way that someone can die in star wars and not be brought back but even or then falling Echo down got some back. kind of a, <laughs> a reactor yeah, shaft <laughs> falling off a yeah a shaft or a precipice or something yes. yeah. yeah i mean um so going back to yeah i don't i don't know with sid um i i also want to say that i hope that she's changed um, or that she is in the process of changing um, with her encounter with um, Clone Force 99, because, I mean, I think we can all attest to the fact that there are certain people that when they're in your life, they change you, right? They they are change makers and they um, help you to sort of lean more in maybe a virtuous direction or uh, you know, making those choices. Um, and it's pretty cool that we're talking about this in an episode that is all about choices, really, because the race, uh, right racing is about making a set of certain choices in order to win because of all the unpredictable things that happen on the course. And I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy, but that's life, right? <laughs> I mean... It's 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 a very kid friendly way of introducing the concept of just how unpredictable and challenging life can be. And, you know, some people are going to try to take you down (laughs) and some people are going to, um, you know, try to get ahead of you. And how how are you going to do in the race? Right. So I thought that was pretty pretty meta <laughs> for <laughs> for this episode. Yeah. Um so okay, so the bad batch definitely have some questions um to address for their future and we will uh wait with bated breath to see what those are. But um as we move on in the story, Teo takes a tumble <laughs> and leaves the crew without a racer. So uh, but at the same time, I love that he was like, he was very dramatic about it. He's like, I regret nothing. <laughs> That's the last thing that he yells before just like Good. going out. Yeah, I love dramatic droid. <laughs> put him back together and then he just dies from someone else. <laughs> I just love it. He's so dramatic. Um, and so Tech, he's been analyzing the racing and he steps in. And like a great cartoon bad guy, Malegi says, I never stop a fool from giving his life to make me rich. (laughs) (laughs) So that was that was very bad guy. (laughs) Um, So we start this race. And as we said in the beginning, you know, totally expected, but still hilarious introduction of all these racers and their colorful nicknames. And then tech, he's just tech. That's it. And. Tech ends up surprising everyone, right? He he actually his strategy is to ditch his weapons and then he speeds through the tunnel less taken, as Robert Frost might say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he wins the race. Um and I've got to wonder if Tech's strategy of, you know, kind of the best offense is a good defense. Um will somehow tie into where the Bad Batch goes from here or what his role might be 
in the future um, because it seems like, I don't know, just maybe it was just for this episode, but maybe, maybe we'll see it pop up again. So, and, and Sid promises to make it up to tech or the whole Bad Batch. I'm not quite sure what that would be. Do you think it was just tech or the whole Bad Batch? Mm. Uh, had to have been all, the, all of those three, at least. They were all there for her, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do love the race scenes in this. They were yeah. fabulous. And just, yeah. I mean, so familiar and yet so Star Wars at the same time. You have ads flashing on the walls of the tunnels. Like every sporting event out there now has digital ads flashing everywhere. I mean, on the on the boards of hockey rinks and football stadiums floating in what looks like midair you know there's just ads everywhere and it was just it was fun to look at those and uh saw on uh uh, another podcast viewing of it that there was even like a food advertisement for like the meat on a stick and you had uh wrecker had the meat on a stick it was just (laughs) like yeah that's great it was just uh, yeah it just felt so Familiar yet fun and definitely Star Wars, the colors, the the matching flags to the pod racers and, you know, it kind of had that old world feel with the canopies for shade, you know, like the Coliseum. It's pretty cool. I wonder if we'll see an ad for Mantel Mix. I'd have to go back and watch again. <laughs> <laughs> I know it all happens so fast. You just want to like slow down and go frame by mm-hmm. frame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... I, I've played some Mario Kart in my day, um, but I haven't played like a whole lot of other like racing video games um, on a, like a, a regular basis or anything. So, um, you know, how how comparable would you say was this to um, the other kinds of racing games out there? If either of y'all can kind of chime in on that, because I, I really felt like it was. You know, that's sort of the almost it seems like the standard now for racing games. Like you can't just have, you know, race down a track, right? There's got to be all these different distractions and, you know, things that are coming at you and people that are trying to get you. Trying to think here of the most analogous racing game. Mario Kart's a really good one, actually, because it was just as colorful. And there's, you know, weapons and stuff in Mario Kart. And the whole map can be changed by just dropping a blue shell on someone. Um <laughs> I'm trying to think here i was getting sometimes uh some like splatoon vibes where splatoon is just you know covering tracks and paint it's not real it's not a racing game but uh definitely felt sometimes like you're kind of just in this splatoon world splatoon combined with mad max i guess is the best way i could put it um because of all the colorful droids, they all seem to have their own color schemes and they color coded their their uh, little pod racers or not pod racers, their riot racers, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, those are those are the two the two games that I thought of when I was just watching the scenes, I was like, yeah, this is, this is just like Mario Kart. <laughs> Catherine, did you have anything to add? Well, I never did any racing games, but I always wanted to go do a day at NASCAR. But I don't know how to drive a stick shift, so I never got my chance. <laughs> I just do it on the expressway now, so if you see me coming, steer clear. Watch out. <laughs> me and my Prius will get over to the right lane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I also haven't been to um, 
like vehicle, any kind of vehicle racing, but I have been to a horse race. Um, and the, the announcing was definitely similar. Like I have watched NASCAR on TV and everything, but, um, it's, yeah, the announcing was part of, you know, the greatness of just watching a race. Um, and I believe if I, if I saw this correctly, the actor, the voice actor who played Teo also voiced the announcer. Um, so multi-talented guy, really, really fun. Um, and the other thing that this reminded me of besides racing was (laughs) professional wrestling, like entertainment wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Because of like all the characters, they have their own names, you know, they've got their own personalities and their own moves in particular, like the, the Venom crunch is what I'm thinking of. Um, Actually, the announcer was not the same guy who did Teo. Oh, okay. Oh. He did Jet Venom. Oh, Jet Venom. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan was, yeah. Lippow. Yeah. Thank you for for yeah. uh, correcting me on that. Yeah, so um, really interesting to watch as, you know, again, as as Catherine was saying, like all these different characters, but then, you know, they it's it's so cool with Star Wars how they can flesh out this character for like, you know, what do they look like? Where are they from? What is their kind of like move, you know, their racing personality? And then that this is as much as we'll probably see them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then there'll the be a book written in. about them or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved how it was Tech with his goggles, looking like little Anakin with his goggles, <laughs> coming mm-hmm. to the through at the end for the big win. So it was just funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so like, what? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I like how Tech was. He he kind of like spun out at the end, and you didn't know if he was going to like tumble through and be like in three pieces by the end of the race but win anyways so i thought that was really fun as well how they they kept us in suspense even though we knew yeah he's he's gonna win (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and i loved how tech was like reluctantly yet loving taking the applause Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was really cute because i had just watched they did a replay of uh I'll date myself again. A pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, the bird, Mark Vidrich or whatever his name was. Um, he had done, had a great game, like a shutout or whatever. And uh, he didn't want to come out and take a bow. And the manager told him, get out there. And he's just like, hey. And then he started <laughs> like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I, I mean, we, we got a lot from... I think Tech's personality maybe like more in this episode. And I know Father Andrew Kinstetter um, posted on Slack that he was so happy to see a tech-centered um, episode. And um, I think, you know, before this, we sort of basically could just summarize Tech's character as, you know, the data cruncher and the guy who wants to be logical but um, I don't know, like after watching this episode, what other qualities would you, what other characteristics would you use to describe Tech and his, his personality that we, we got to see? I feel like Tech's opening up to a bigger world beyond what he was trained for. 
he seems to like really be exploring things and just like I said the way he like absorbed the cheers from the crowd I was looking at him going okay he's not going to retire to go chupa fishing he's going to be retired to go into the racing world or something like that (laughs) (laughs) I think that he definitely showed how he wins because we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of racing or flying scenes and we've seen a lot of different Star Wars characters show how they win and Tech didn't win in some of the typical Star Wars fashions. He didn't he didn't pull off a crazy maneuver really. He at the last moment, you know, he did he did pull some sort of a Anakin Skywalker Han Solo incredible maneuver. He I I I compared him a bit to how Hera flies where Hera flies kind of like tech where they both seem to really be in control and making very deliberate decisions. And that's when I saw, Oh yeah, tech, of course tech dropped his weapons because he's not interested in pulling a a fast one from behind the back and winning like everybody else is. He's just going to win in his optimized go get him way that doesn't really care if you're on the board or not. Like he, he seemed to kind of be going for more of a just time trial speed run sort of at the race. It, it didn't almost matter to him whether there were other racers on the track or not. So that was really fun to see a very different style of star Wars flying than, than Han or Anakin, or I guess most recently Luthan, you know, all the, all the typical different ways that star Wars shows people winning in a in a flying situation yeah that's a super super um keen uh observation i think looking at the previous episodes like the first arc where the crew was encountering the um separatist culture that um tech you know he he we talked about on the show not me because i wasn't on the show but you know just reflecting on how tech was interested to realize that there were, were cultures and people before the wars and um, the fact that, yeah, the world is opening up, like you said, Catherine to him in a way that, you know, it's, it's interesting because he knows all these languages and he knows all these, you know, different things, but it seems like now he's finally learning to apply them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and that he is kind of sort of learning to live. It's it's like, you know, a soldier coming out of the military and coming back into civilian life, right? Like they have to learn about all these things that have happened outside of war and battle and the military that have just developed in the outside civilian world um and he's i mean they're all sort of like kids in a way you know besides omega obviously but they're all having to kind of find their own place and their own identity um and i mean that's that always seems to be the theme when it comes to the clones right but it's just um it's so important to Star Wars in general. Yeah, the clones are it makes kids. me want, Yeah, and it makes me wonder what we're going to see next with Rex. 
Mm-hmm. Is he going to have that same big character develop or will he always be just big old Rex, the little kid? Yeah. You mean, or do you mean Wrecker? Wrecker. Sorry. Or, yeah. Yeah. Wrecker. I said Rex Wrecker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ryan, what were you going to chime in? Oh, well, I was going to say like the clones are all kids. I mean, they haven't been around with the equivalent adult experience. They just happen to be big. So I think that too is, is really important to keep in mind that you've got a lot of, um, got a lot of soldiers walking around the galaxy that have only been alive for, I mean, it's not even a decade. I'm trying to to think of it. Yeah. It wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even be a decade because um, Boba Fett is Boba Fett is still a kid. They only Rex would be older than a decade, really depending on Mm -hmm. how, depending on when clone force 99 was created. Cause um you know, mm-hmm. probably Echo and Rex or uh, uh, Boba and Rex were made around the same time since he's a generation one. So, yeah. Um, and the kind of the neat thing, too, is that um, with like you were saying, um, they're all kids. And the neat thing is that Clone Force 99 has a family, right? Like mm-hmm. kids need a family in order to help inform who they are and where, you know, what direction to, to kind of go in and just to sort of learn how to be in the world. And, um, for the clones, they really are (laughs) sort of alone in a way besides having each other. But if not all the clones have each other's backs, you know, um, as we've sort of been seeing with, the episode um, that we just had about Crosshair, you know, with him kind of being an outcast and it, you know, some of the clones are starting to go AWOL. And, and so, uh, you know, we know that there's specific clones that are going out in the world and having their own life. Um, But it's kind of sad to think about how those that are doing that are really alone in a way. And, uh, Clone Force 99 has one another and they are family. So um, I wonder how different their lives will be and their personalities will be and their personal development will be um, because they have each other and they have a family uh, as compared to, you know, some of the other clones that we're familiar with. It does give them a good family base to draw from. Yeah. Yeah. And they have someone who actually is her age like you know her her physical development reflects her age which is kind of interesting to think about because the batch and i mean omega's part of the batch but the batch and omega are both the same age but um well isn't that the mystery though like do we really know if if omega's (laughs) if omega really is the same age as them slightly younger maybe i thought she's called omega she's older than them because she says she was there when they were made Mm -hmm. oh that's right yeah i think even tech pointed out that she's older in the first season Mm -hmm. which is weird to think about but (laughs) it is yeah especially um considering again like someone's personal development like they have a whole lot of battle and strategy and those kind of you know that that sort of knowledge and experience life experience and 
we kind of don't really know all that much about what Omega's life experience has been, right? Like up to this point, when she was living in a lab, I guess, um, was she like taking care of other people? Was she just kind of sitting around? <laughs> like mm-hmm. what sort of, you know, um, knowledge does she have? There's so much that we still don't know about her, which mm-hmm. makes her so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice to see what other skills she has, what she's picked up. Right. Yeah. So, and then, you know, just the dynamic of her working with them and, and she kind of brings like a human um, touch, so to speak, you know, of um, just being a, a person <laughs> in the world. And um, I wonder the clones that you know go off on their own outside of the Bad Batch um, who may not have someone like that initially um, how, how do they learn that, you know? Um, and I don't know, there's just, there's a lot to think about. <laughs> well, you think about it too. She's definitely living out the feminine genius because she is very nurturing with them. So it's, it's she's bringing in something none of them have and she's a little girl. Yeah, that's true. She is. Well, I mean, is there... Well, there's one more thing that that we didn't talk about with the with the episode, which is um, it finally ends by saying uh, Malegi says the crew should watch their backs. <laughs> um, and that's how we end the episode. <laughs> so is that foreshadowing? What do you think? Or is I it? I mean, want it to be. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, don't let it be. <laughs> it could be, though. <laughs> the first thing I thought of when he said that is maybe we're going to see for the first time. Well, I guess the second time, because the first few episodes kind of showed this. But what does the batch look like when they don't have everybody there? Are we going to have to see? And maybe there could be a prolonged time when... um. Hunter and Echo get caught up in a mission and there is to be a long rescue mission where it's only Tech, uh, Wrecker, and uh, Omega. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe we have to see them get rescued and maybe we'll finally see a prolonged time when the Batch has to adjust to um, not being all together and not being able to rely on everyone's collective skills in a different way. That was the first thing I thought of when he's like, watch your back. I'm like, oh, man, I see a prolonged like reunion arc now. So what's going to happen mm, with crosshair? Mm. Yeah, yeah, with crosshair or with just the batch being separated. We'll have two over here and three over there and one who knows where crosshair is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they are the writers are are planting these seeds of of I don't know if doubt is the best word, but seeds of doubt in terms of wondering whether Crosshair is going to stay with the Empire or not, um, whether he it kind of is developing a conscience or not, um, whether, yeah, whether the Bad Batch, um, the other members of the Bad Batch are safe, especially because Sid is the closest person to them 
at this point outside of their unit. And so um, for them to be then for her, for Sid's trustworthiness to be called into question now is, I think, supposed to make us feel like they are really uh, there's something big is is coming, something um, possibly drastic or dramatic or <laughs> however you want to put it is possibly on the way, very possibly on the way. Um, and if it's not, then they are really leading us on because <laughs> to me, mm-hmm. those are some big hits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It yeah. might be one of those things where it'll look like Sid's going to betray them. And at the last minute, she'll turn on whoever's against the clone troop. So we'll see. It could be fun. It could be scary. <laughs> <laughs> it'll definitely be Star Wars. <laughs> what role do you guys think the batch is going to play in the galaxy um, in the long term? Because I have an idea based on what we saw in the Kenobi series with the the sort of Jedi rescue and protection underground, I have an idea mm-hmm. that the batch is going to be the uh, part of that particular group rather than like become part of a rebel cell, because I think that that fits well with how we've seen the batch move towards a more compassionate role, but also very much their 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 tactical experience as a unit. Um, at least that's where I think the batch is going to be ending up at the end of this. Oh, I would buy that theory. I like that one. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it is good. Um, I I go back to what Echo was kind of talking about um, a couple of episodes ago where he was saying that, you know, they're not doing enough to fight against the evils and the injustices that are um, being caused by the Empire. And um, I wonder if what you're describing, Ryan, would be enough to satisfy Echo um, or whether he would want something more, you know, um, directly going against the Empire. Right. Um, So I almost wonder if the batch is going to split up in some capacity. Um, If I had to guess. I would say that Wrecker and Omega are going to end up together Um, or Wrecker may be someone who sacrifices himself in the end for Omega or for the batch or, you know, any member of the batch. Um, Just just by the way that they're writing the characters, you know, that's kind of where I'm I'm going with that in my mind. But I really. I I think that they definitely uh, planted that seed of of Echo speaking about that for a particular reason um, that the the batch is going to at some point whether it's sooner or later um, like in an ultimate kind of way uh, that they're going to be doing something to try to fight against the empire. We'll we'll see. There's lots mm-hmm. more coming. <laughs> um, do you guys have any any other thoughts or reflections on this episode? The scene that made me laugh out loud was when that random guy got shot. <laughs> oh my gosh. In, in the, the audience. audience. In, in the, the audience, yes. <laughs> and Teo's final crash. Oh, like, goodness, yeah, Teo, yes. 
<laughs> Those are some really funny moments. And yes, and what was it? And they were repairing Teo. And all of a sudden he realizes, where are my arms? Where are my legs? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more dramatic than C-3PO and Chewbacca in that, uh, in Cloud City. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, super fun and lots of um, food for thought. Um, now, I do want to, um, before we kind of get into the, the standard closing of things here, I do want to mention that there's been some discussion um, about sending in feedback. Um, our SQPN Discord server uh, has had some discussion because we've been having some Ask Me Anything um, forums where you all, uh, everyone can ask questions to uh, different members of the SQPN community uh, in an Ask Me Anything uh, time period. And some people were wondering if they could start sending in those kind of Ask Me Anything questions for podcast panelists on shows and have us answer those questions. Um, so I definitely wanted to remind everyone that we accept feedback um, questions or comments about any kind of Star Wars anything. Um, it does not have to be specifically directed to the most recent show or content that we were discussing on a podcast. So if you want to send in your questions for um, for any of us and um, just anything fun at all, as well as, of course, your feedback on our discussions, what you thought of the episodes um, and just your excitement about Star Wars, please do. Uh, you can email us. Star Wars at sqpn.com. You can also comment on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Um, or you can tweet us at sqpn. And um, while you're doing that, be sure to leave us a like, leave us uh, a, sh a share, share the podcast as well. Um, so we would like to uh, take a brief moment to recognize and thank the people who made this podcast even possible, our patrons. And this week, we want to shout out to John Eric C., Joe E., Paul C., Kathleen B., and Brian D. And you too can help StarQuest continue our mission by becoming a patron at sqpn.com slash give. This StarQuest show is brought to you by Tim Shevlin's personal fitness training for Catholics, providing spiritual and physical wellness through personalized nutrition, workout and prayer programs, and daily accountability check-ins. Learn more by visiting fitcatholics.com. Um, definitely subscribe to the podcast. Let your friends and family and coworkers and everybody else know about uh, Secrets of Star Wars. And you can find our previous episodes at sqpn.com slash star wars uh, be sure to leave us a review and a rating as well all right well next week we will be back to discuss the fifth episode of the bad batch season two until next time Catherine laffrey thank you for joining us on the secrets of star wars thank you this is fun and ryan nafziger uh great to have you as well thanks always happy to be here and everybody out there, send in your racer name for Ryan Afsir. <laughs> and I will change my Discord profile to it. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I am uh, known as the Bendu, Angela Ciolana. Thank you for listening to Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. 
The Secrets of Doctor Who. Find the show wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Doctor Who.